Somebody once told me the world is gonna owe me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. What's that at the door? It's episode 34. My name is Dan. And welcome. Are we playing bingo? That was gold. I might do that when I run out of ideas of when I need to do intros. Just do the fucking bingo calls. Like two ducks in a pond. Whatever it 22. is. That's episode 22, so it's too late. We've done that. Is that 22? I don't even yeah. know the fucking bingo numbers. I feel like bingo numbers only go up to like 48 or something. So you're yeah. going to run out fairly soon is if it? you don't start. How many no. bingo numbers are there in the bingo? Two fat ladies is 88, so it must go up to higher Oh, that. that's true. Well, I'm glad we cleared that up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dan, joined by Andy. Hello. And Penny. Hi. Hi. Sorry, I started looking it up and it's telling me there's only 75 bingo numbers, so now I'm really confused. No, that can't be right, because as Andy said, it was 88, right? Two fat ladies. Yeah. A typical bingo game utilises the number 1 through 75. The five columns of the card are labelled B-I-N-G-O, and the centre space is marked free. What's fucking 88 then? Where's that come from? Mm. Have we got that wrong? <laughs> Send us your no one cares. favourite Let's go. bingo <laughs> numbers to uh, unusualsuspects at gmail.com. I'm sure we're reading that. Probably not. It's clearly 22, 69, and 88. They're the best ones. Yeah, my sister's favourite is obviously 69, a meal for everyone. <laughs> That's not the real bingo thing, is it? I doubt it, but it's cracking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Anyway, we're here to talk about movies, apparently. <laughs> Andy, what amazing movies have you been watching? This week, I have watched two films. And because I clearly have nothing else going on in my life at the moment, I uh, wrote about them both. So I'm going to give you both the choice. Oh, no. Do you want a film with Ryan Reynolds and Anna Kendrick? Or do you want a film with Brecken Meyer and Amy Smart? (gasps) Oh, you ruined it. You ruined it with Amy Smart. Deliberate. Deliberate. Oh. I think I know the first film. I don't know what the second film is, but should we choose the second film? Well, Breckenmeyer and Amy Smart is Road Trip, isn't it? Road Trip? Yeah. Breckenmeyer and Amy Smart. Which Road Trip are we talking about here? The movie Road Trip with Breckenmeyer and Amy Smart. She's not in Road Trip. No, wait, she's yeah, not. She, she is. She definitely is. Is she? She's the main person. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, it's because I've watched your trip too much. A road yeah. trip's just gone out of my mind. Uh, uh, ladies' choice, Penny. Uh, I hate Amy Smart, but I kind of want to know what you've got to say about road trip. So you're going for the, the second option, are you? Yeah. Apparently so. Okay. This week, I didn't watch road trip. I watched oh. Rat Race. <laughs> oh, Christ. They did another one. <sighs> they did another what? Another Rat Race? No, another film together. This is the remake, right? No, this is the 2001 film. Rat Race. Have either of you seen it? No. Yeah, the one with Rowan Atkinson. Yes. Yeah, the remake, you div. Well, it's a remake of... It's a mad, 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 mad world, isn't it? But it's not a remake of anything else. Fair enough. Okay. How was it? I have seen it, but I don't remember a thing from it. I think it's the first time I've watched it in maybe 20 years-ish. Yeah, it's been a while. (laughs) And it doesn't hold up that well, but it's very 2000s. <laughs> like, it's thick with uh, slapstick and stuff. 
Who else is in it? Because I isn't there a huge cast list as well as everyone else? You've got Whoopi Goldberg, Cuba Gooding yeah. Jr., John Cleese, John Lovitz, obviously Brackenmire, Amy Smart, and Rowan Atkinson, amongst a whole other plethora of people. I see. Why does it not hold up? I regret my decision. Pen, we'll go through it and you can decide if <laughs> if this is a film you should watch. So John Cleese, he is an eccentric hotel owner. He's fucking loaded. And he puts these random chips into one-armed bandits and six groups of people come out. So you've got like Whoopi Goldberg and her daughter. You've got John Lovitz and his family. Seth Green is in it with his oh. brother. He gets a chip. Cuba Gunning Jr., Brecken Meyer and Rowan Atkinson. And because he's an eccentric hotel billionaire, his whole plan is to send them from Vegas to Silver City, New Mexico to win $2 million. It's kind of like the Cannonball Run. Yeah, in 2001. That was a lot of money. It's a shit ton of money, yeah. <laughs> the poster is really bad. Oh, it's very 2000s. Like, it looks like we made it. Well, it looks like we made the poster. <laughs> yeah, we made it, but actually my Flandemic posters were better than the Rat Race poster. I'm putting that out there. Ooh, shot fire. <laughs> Stand by it. We'll come back and check that poster in 20 years and see if it's aged. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, essentially he sends these like groups off to try and get to New Mexico and it is a case of them getting their first win the money. Pretty much what I've just said. So behind the scenes, he's also running a second bet. So the core concept of this film is for these six people. Behind that, there are a group of like oligarchs and billionaires who are betting on who will win the race. Oh, so it's a race within a bet. <laughs> a bet within a race, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's like horse racing, but with people who can lie and cheat and steal and play dirty. I see. So, there's a lot happening in this film. I'm going to shout out a lot of things that just happen randomly. The order is going to be interesting. Are you ready, <laughs> okay. Penelope? I am ready. I know she's like second on the list, but can we keep Amy Smart to a minimum? If possible. Thanks. Well, she's not on the main cast. Why do you not like her so much? Let's just clear this I up. I don't know. She was in Justified this week and I just can't stand her. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> no, I don't like her in anything. Sorry, Amy. You're not my cup of tea. It is weird, because whenever her name comes up, you just immediately get like prickly about it. I don't know. Has she got a smug face? We know that annoys me. Maybe that's it. Much like Sasha Gray did something weird to Dan's trousers, did she do the same to yours? Mm, no. <laughs> She's not my type. Fair. Anyway, let's crack on, shall we? <laughs> Please. <laughs> so they all rush to leave the hotel and Rowan Atkinson has narcolepsy. So falls asleep standing up in the foyer and is there for probably half the film. At the start? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we'll come back to him later on. So the easiest way to get to New Mexico would be how? From Vegas. Taxi. Uh, plane. Train. Plane. Oh. It's a plane. So they all go to the airport. A taxi. You want to get a taxi from <laughs> Vegas to Mexico? It's like 700 miles. Yeah. They've got the money if they win it. You know, two million. So, yeah. so they're all at the airport. Uh, they're trying to negotiate their way onto the planes and stuff. Seth Green and his brother barge their way to the front of the check-in desk, but they're told that they can't fly. So as a result, they destroy the radio tower. Wait, why can't they fly? Because there's no space on the seats. Okay, fair. So they destroy the radio tower by backing their truck up to it, putting a hook on it, and 
I think they were thinking of pulling it over. However, for some reason, the satellite starts rotating and it drags the car up with them. Uh, so right. his brother's then scrambling up a ladder to try and avoid getting run over by a car that is now going upright, up a bit of metal. <laughs> okay. uh, he then falls off, smashes into the windscreen and starts crying as Seth Green starts crying in the front seat. I mean, you know, airports are funny places and you want to go somewhere, especially if you're going to get $2 million at the end of it. I can see why they're annoyed, but I've been annoyed at an airport, but I don't think I've ever been, that's been my first thought to like take down the tower because then you'll never get there on a plane. Well, yeah, they're trying to stop everyone else getting there. Oh yeah, okay, good point. It's very slapstick, isn't it? It's very slapstick a lot of this film. Yeah. So that rules out everyone from flying. They're all in cars. Apart from Brecken, your best friend. I love him so much. Because he meets someone at the airport who flies a helicopter and he's a different system. And that person is Amy Smart, your other best friend. That's unfortunate. Oh, I love her so much. <laughs> Brecken, Meyer and I would have the cutest tiny babies, I'm just saying. Uh, there you go, it's out there. <laughs> Get in touch, Brecken. Isn't he like 50 now? So? Uh, in fairness, you're not far off that either. I mean, she has a, she has a thing for 50-year-old men, as we've known. Doesn't look 50, neither does Oliphant, <laughs> just because you all look old. <laughs> Whoa, hang on, simmer down. I've looked 40 since I was 20. Yeah, exactly. I still get ID'd, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brecken is in a helicopter that's important. He is now well ahead of everyone else. Meanwhile, John Lovitz and his family... They have hired a car from the airport and they are trying to drive down. And it's supposed to be a nice family holiday with him, his wife, his two kids, except he is determined to get to New Mexico. So when his daughter says she needs the toilet and he suggests getting a jar and a funnel, uh. and she then says it's a number two. How old's his daughter? Probably 10, 12. Oh man, this film. <laughs> she then has to explain similar like we did recently she then has to explain what prairie dogging is oh okay similar similar to a turtle head so Mr Lovers's resolution to this is to make her stick her ass out of the window and poo out of the moving car <laughs> oh. fuck's sake he can't stop for like two seconds no no he can't because the services are three miles there three miles back that's ten minutes you're losing on the road at least yeah and you've got to get there first he could stop on the side of the road she's ten it's fine yeah, Find her exactly. a bush. she's ten she's too old to be shitting on the side of the road but shitting out a window is fine she's not a child Apparently. I mean she is a child but she's not she's not small I feel like there are festival goers that will disagree with you but we'll move on yeah well that's true meanwhile Cuba getting junior now, he's interesting because he's a disgraced NFL ref. So what happened was there was a coin flip and he couldn't read the flip right. So he cancelled the game and sent all the players off. What? That's so What? what? Yep. That's dumb. Yeah. Instead of just re-flipping the coin, he binned them all off. So he gets oh, in a cab from the airport. Good choice. And the driver recognises him as the ref because he's a Cowboys fan and it was Cowboys that were done over. So he drives him into the desert, strips him down, and then leaves him. All because of a coin flip. Oh, because he was the ref of the game and the guy got annoyed. Because he was the ref who fucked over his team. Ah, uh, He couldn't just ask the players, what does that say? No. <laughs> this is hey? so no. fucking... <laughs> it's ridiculous, this film. It's great. <laughs> so we're now back to the John Lovitz family. I assume he's wiped his daughter's ass. Probably not. <laughs> you never see that. I don't think he would have done it himself either. That's weird. But they see a sign for a Barbie museum and the daughter, having to shout out of a window, gets quite excited about it. Fair. 
Reluctantly, they stop. And <laughs> hang it's... on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You can stop for the Barbie museum, but they yeah. can't stop for her to have a poo. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yes. Or yes. is she like, well, you li- wouldn't let me poo with dignity, so now you're taking me to the museum. It's a combination of that and the fact that she's whining about they never get to stop at things she wants to look at. But also his wife headbutts him whilst they're driving because they're all fucking fed up of being in the car. Wait, his wife's there. So she... His wife's there. She let her poo out of a window. Again, begrudgingly, yeah. All right. So they all get out of the car because they're like at each other's throats. They go to this Barbie museum. Except it's not Mattel's Barbie. It is Klaus Barbie. Also known as the Butcher of Leon, a Nazi officer. <laughs> What? Now, this is a family of Jews who are now walking around a Nazi museum. Was it not clear before they paid the entry fee <laughs> and went in the door? Like, I could see why they were confused to start with, but I feel like there was maybe one or two opportunities for them to turn around before they went into the museum. I agree with you. See, I would have thought the Barbie Museum would have a bright pink sign. Yeah. This is a black sign, so they probably could have seen that and gone... Doesn't look like uh, the Barbie logo, but no. Okay. Fuck it, we'll go in. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Meanwhile, uh, Seth Green and his brother, who have managed to get another car, have seen John Lovitz's car on the side of the road, so they break it. Good. So John Lovitz is forced to steal a car, and it is Hitler's car. (laughs) Okay. So now he's driving around in Hitler's Benz. And it's even funnier because he's a Jew, I assume. (sighs) Exactly, they make references to that. This is... Not, yeah, it hasn't aged. It's 2000 comedy, as you said. It's just not. Oh, it gets worse. It gets worse. Does it? <laughs> oh, good. Fantastic. Yep. <laughs> so, meanwhile, back to Brecken and Amy Smart. So, she is obviously a helicopter pilot. They take a quick detour to her boyfriend, who is Dean Kane. Christ. And she catches him cheating on her with her mate in the pool in the garden. So she starts throwing things out of the helicopter to fuck up his truck, including paint, wrenches, a fire extinguisher. By this point, Brecken is a bit panicked because she's obviously acting a bit rational. Yes, Penny. So they're in the helicopter and she's flying Mm -hmm. to the house with the boyfriend. Yeah. And she sees them in the pool. Yeah. If you were Dean Kane and you knew your girlfriend flew a helicopter, if a helicopter came near your house and you were cheating, you'd think he'd like... Maybe try and hide Cover it. Cover up? So, well, he yeah. did do that, but by that point, the helicopter was hovering it was too late. over him. Okay. This is irrelevant, but the pool splits and they go smashing into a window <laughs> that doesn't break. So he gets in the truck to escape. Dean Kane tries to escape. She follows him in the helicopter, flying what I would say is dangerously low to the point where cars are having to like move out of her way. <laughs> she crashes his car by sort of forcing him into a bush. And then the engine stalls and they crash to the ground from maybe a metre up. (laughs) They see um, sirens in the distance, so they steal his car. She shoves her mate's bra in his mouth whilst his head is stuck in the window. And then they roll down the window and he rolls off. A classic move, I would say. This is so like going back in time to what we thought was funny. But now I'm just realising it's kind of like when we watch your trip. And we were like, yeah. this just doesn't... Your trip was still funny, though. Yeah, I would say. But this is kind of like... Um, I don't know what the right word. I mean, I haven't seen it, so I can't tell you if I thought it was funny in 2000 or I think it's funny now. 
Like, uh, the fact that I don't remember a thing from it, I think I saw it in like the cinema as well. I, the fact that I can't remember a thing from it is very telling, I guess, from it. I don't think it's a bad film. Like, it's an odd film, but I think depending on if you've been drinking or <laughs> stuff, I think it would... Like, it feels like a stoner comedy, but that's not what it was intended to be, if you know what I mean. That's the thing, isn't it? If it can still be funny, but be dated, you can still watch it now and be like, oh, that... It's probably not a joke we'd make anymore, but it's still a pretty funny film, I guess. Yeah, it's like Blazing Saddles. It doesn't necessarily hold up to 2021, but it's still a cracking film and it's still pretty funny. Fair enough. So, Cuba Gooding Jr., he's been walking through the desert. He's now just in his... He's never going to get there doing that. ...boxes and a vest. And he finds a rest stop, storms into the toilet and sees a bus driver. So he takes his clothes by persuading him that his wife is giving birth and he needs them for different things. He needs the hat for her labia and <laughs> what stuff. What does he need a hat? He needs his jacket <laughs> for her placenta. It's weird. Surely he just needs some pants and a shirt. He doesn't need the hat. That's all he needs, but he needs everything. Oh. So he le- he manages to get it all, leaves looking like the bus driver, gets on this bus, and it turns out the bus is heading towards an I Love Lucy convention and it's just full of people dressed as... He could have just asked the bus driver really nicely to give him a lift. For a lift. Yeah. yeah. That's the problem with this film, Pen. There's a lot of things that don't make sense. <laughs> yeah, but then the film would be... I mean, it could be this, but the film would be boring if you just had a guy <laughs> going to a bus driver. Can I have a lift? Yeah, sure. if it made sense. If people were sensible and used logic... Yeah. It would be dull. Back in the hotel foyer, Sleepy Bean wakes up. Sleepy Bean? He remembers he's in a race, runs straight out of the hotel door and gets hit by a van. <laughs> and the van is being driven by Wayne Knight. Who's, Who's that? Wayne Knight? Wayne Knight is the guy from Jurassic Park. Nedry. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, it turns out Wayne Knight is an organ delivery driver and he's heading to New Mexico to deliver a heart for a heart transplant. When you said organ delivery, I thought you meant like the piano. Pianos. For oh, fuck's sake, Penny. <laughs> no, no. I don't know why that no, was no, organ. No. That makes more sense than fucking... Anyway, go on. <laughs> Sorry. None of this makes sense. It's None of no. it makes sense. So we're now back to Whoopi Goldberg, who we've not really seen much of. She ends up off route somewhere with her daughter and they find this nice little squirrel lady played by Kathy Bates and she asks for directions and Kathy Bates is like buy a squirrel look after the squirrels have a squirrel and they refuse what? So she's, that's wrong get a pet squirrel yeah she's kind of like Annie Wilkesing it if you know what I mean like oh, okay. seems quite sweet and nice but then there's a bit of a sinister edge to it so she gives them directions and they follow the directions and it takes them off a cliff and into a pile of scrap cars. <laughs> this is like, you know, when you got all those news stories of people following sat-navs into rivers. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I get you. But also, there was time for you to stop before you drove into the river or before you yeah. drove off a cliff. I know this is not the point of this movie. Also, this is a written film written by someone and that went, that'd be funny. <laughs> so they went over a hill and then when they came down the other side, like the peak just, they couldn't stop. I don't know why they didn't break, but it just sent them careening down this hill off a cliff edge and into a big pile of cars. After they hit the car and the back levels out to so their flat, the car in front of them, the boot opens 
and a skeleton pops out holding a bag that says I love squirrels. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> All right. So she stole the squirrels off of whoever was selling them before? Nah, Kathy Bates gives everyone a bag that says I love squirrels. It's got nuts in, just in case you see squirrels down the road. Oh, uh, okay. So you can feed them. She's nice like that. Hmm. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Green Brothers, they realise that there's two of them. They can both drive. So if they get a key card... They realise there's two of them. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's two of us. It takes them about halfway through to realise that. No, it, weirdly, no one else thinks about that. No one else thinks, well, we'll just... We'll do that. They don't bother. So they go to get a key card and the hardware guy overhears them talking. Seth Green is like, ah. Oh, don't talk to anyone. Don't tell anyone about there being $2 million in this place in locker number 001. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Very specific. The guy hears him, obviously. <sighs> runs off with their key. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> We're now back to Cuba, who's still driving. Who's hijacked this bus of I Love Lucy people. Yep. There is a Lucy on there smoking, so he asks her to put the cigarette out the window, and she does. But in classic 2000 style, it blows back through an open window and sets a light to another Lucy's hair. (laughs) So they put the flames out with a jacket. The jacket is then passed down the aisle to the toilet where they stuff it in, flush it. And obviously, because it's a jacket in a bus toilet, it overflows and starts to flood. Except that somehow they swerve and then a big bottle of soap spills out and there's big bubbles everywhere. Ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, you got to take soap to a I Love Lucy convention because reasons. Yeah. Imagine this is the pitch they got. Everyone just sat around the table going, right, here's the next scene. <laughs> like, it's just one thing after another where I'm just like, uh, I'm dead inside slowly. Yeah. Do you want to know my favorite bit of trivia? I've just found out about this film. Go on them. There's a guy in this film who plays the rental car trainee. And he's the guy from the Pretty Fly for a White Guy video by The Offspring. Oh, that's him. really weird because I thought he looked familiar. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you before. <laughs> I couldn't work out where it was. It's because he wasn't talking Spanish. Probably, yeah. He didn't have a 13 tattoo. Or 31. <laughs> anyway, let's keep going. Let's keep going. So the Greens are still chasing uh, the hardware guy. And the hardware guy drives into a field where there's a lot of hot air balloons. So he jumps into one and starts to dry, uh, drive, fly, float, float, float away. <laughs> Obviously, they are trying to get the key back, so they chase him. The brother gets out onto the hood of the car, and then Seth manages to grab the rope. So there's now no one driving the car that his brother is on the hood of. Even though there was two of them that could drive. Yeah, and Seth Green is now hanging from a rope, dangling from a hot air balloon. The rope then manages to wrap around a cow's hoof and drags the cow into the air with them. And the force of picking up the cow forces the hardware guy to drop out of the basket onto the rope. So now they're face to face fighting each other (laughs) over this one key. Fucking hell. Sorry, who's in the hot air balloon? Anyone? No one's flying it. It's now just a rogue hot air balloon. So there's a rogue car and a rogue hot air balloon. And the rogue hot air balloon has got a rogue rope which manages to pick up a rogue cow. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I should add, Seth Green was also being like flown into cows and bashing them, like hitting them in the side and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they're now face to face, they're fighting. Seth then squirts cow from the milk sudders oh, into the guy's sake. face, steals the key and then drops into a lake. 
I can't let it go that you said cows from the milk's udders. I'm really sorry. <laughs> sorry. We've talked about cows before. You surely know. He then starts squirting milk from the cow's udders. <laughs> well done. I got it. Edit that back in. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. sure. Sure, no problem. <laughs> so, back to Cuba Gooding Jr. We're all over the place on this. Is anyone keeping up? Mm. I mean, it's one thing after another, isn't it? I'm just... Yeah, it's constant. ...bewildered about the writing. It's constant. And stuff. This is me, like, toning it down and quickening it up as well. Did you enjoy <clears throat> the film, then? Did you say you enjoyed this? I mean, I didn't mind it. I quite like John Cleese. He's quite fun. There are some fun moments in it. There was a lot of crap. The last 10 minutes was bullshit. Okay. Just wondering. Only the last 10 minutes. Okay, there was a lot of bullshit, but we'll get to the last <laughs> 10 minutes shortly. So we're now back to Cuba Gun Jr. He's still driving the bus with the Lucys. The cow then smashes into the windscreen. <laughs> <laughs> because obviously it does. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Does it turn into a burger or something? No, <laughs> no, no, no. Not yet. Okay, all right. So he panics, swerves the bus, blows a tyre, and the Lucys all try and help him whilst he's changing the tyre. Except by doing that, they let go of the spare tyre, so it rolls down a hill. And then they tip the whole bus over. <laughs> Out of spite? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. They just like, it just seems to go for no reason. <laughs> Maybe is it because all the Lucys are holding it up to change the tyre? Maybe, but then they'd all be flattened. (laughs) He then starts telling them that he's not a bus driver. And they're like, no, you're the best bus driver ever. And he's like, no, no, I'm genuinely not a bus driver. Then they start chasing him and he runs down a hill (laughs) to escape from them. (laughs) Meanwhile... What is this fucking <laughs> fucking film? Meanwhile, John Lovitz is still in Hitler's car and the kids are there. One of them's playing with Hitler's harmonica. <laughs> of course, the classic. The other is wearing Eva Braun sunglasses. Wow. Okay. And his wife, Babs, I think, is uh <laughs> Babs. Is wearing Eva Braun's <laughs> lipstick. Yeah. Which is quite a deep shade of red, almost a brown you could say. Uh Lovitz himself, he is playing with a cigarette lighter and he burns his finger his middle finger so he sticks it out of the convertible to cool it down mm. then looks across and he's giving a biker the finger he then apologizes and his wife is like oh he's just trying to cool his finger down and also gives her the finger so then the bikers attack the car run them off the road it's just one thing after another isn't it yeah. it's just one thing it's For exhausting sake. So they end oh. up crashing into this World War Two reunion, right? <laughs> see what I mean? Do you see what I mean? Just it's just one thing, another, another thing, another thing. Oh, just, oh. And if it wasn't bad enough that they were in Hitler's car, <laughs> where John Lovitz was playing with the cigarette lighter and put it on the dashboard, when he crashed, it flew into his mouth, so he's now burnt himself, and his face hits the steering wheel, and he's now got dark lipstick on his face. Making him look and sound like Hitler. Uh, oh, is the lipstick giving him a Hitler stash? Yeah. Oh, of yeah. course it does. He then goes to talk in front of the World War II veterans to try and explain it. But obviously because his mouth is burnt, he just sounds German. And he's doing salutes and giving them the finger and stuff. He just sounds German. Obviously. Obviously yeah. he just sounds yeah. German. How is that? I mean, that's what happens, isn't it? You, burn, you have a hot slice of pizza... You sound German because you burnt yourself. You sound German, right? Okay. Not even yeah, that. Like, you sound like Hitler, which is I feel slightly more specific. Yeah, hmm. yeah. It's weird. He then gets shot at. I wonder what Germans sound like when they burn their mouths. 
Um, I imagine Greek. Italian. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so back to Mr. Bean. He's still in the organ transport car. This feels like a Mr. Bean fucking film, to be honest. <laughs> it's so weird. He's back in the van and Wayne Knight is like, hey, guess what I've got? Is it dinosaur embryos? No, no. It's better than that. So Ryan Atkinson is supposed to be an Italian in this film, by the way. So he's like... <laughs> like because like he burnt his ear or something? No, but it is like a really bad Italian accent that just... He barely says things, and when he does, they're like nonsensical. Scusi. So... Mario. Yeah, similar to that guy. Similar to that guy in Eurasia. <laughs> so Wayne Knight's like, I've got a heart. And he's like, cool. Do you want to see it? So they get the heart out. Don't think you're supposed to do that. No, this is a sealed heart in a big block of ice. They take the heart out and then they drop it. In the block of ice? Like literally enclosed It's not in, in the... a big block of ice. Oh. It's in ice cubes to keep it cool. Okay. But they drop it. He goes to pick it up and he actually picks up a toffee apple. No idea why. They're not similar. No. I don't know why you would have like a toffee apple rolling around the bottom of your van. That's a weird thing for me. And I've got a lot of shit in my car. Situational comedy, yay. Yep. Like, if they weren't in a van, I'd be expecting mm-hmm. a dog to run over and get it or run off with it. Like, that would be the next trope, right? Interesting you say that, because as they're trying to put the heart back into a bag... A bird swoops into the car and gets it. It flies out the window, <laughs> and then a dog gets it. <laughs> hey! How does it fly out the window? It's on the floor. It has wings, maybe. No, no, they pick it up, they try and put it back in this, like, plastic bag. Oh, 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 it's too hot or cold. Oh, oh, it's out the window. They hit a speed bump or something, or they swerve. (laughs) I think they actually hit an exhaust pipe that's fallen off the back of another truck, like Final Destination style. The heart flies out the window. A dog gets it. Obviously. They chase the dog, and then they find the dog, and he's been electrocuted on an electric fence. (laughs) Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) Why? This is so stupid. Why couldn't the dog have just stolen it? Like, it's too late. You can't have it back. (laughs) Like, you didn't need to electrocute the dog. Because there has to be some sort of tension. I'll tell you why, because there's a trope later on that was predictable. But we'll come back to it when we get there. So... Back to Whoopi Goldberg. She finds a dinosaur and they become police detectives. <laughs> She's in the desert. Why were they in the desert? Oh, because they had to abandon their car after they crashed it. Yeah, because there's no normal journey in this scenario. It's just <laughs> something will happen on one of these journeys. I have this bound to My mum and dad have driven from like LA to Vegas, although we've done it a couple of times. And now I'm just really grateful that none of these things happen to us because it sounds more dangerous than I assumed it was. because you've never driven from Vegas to New Mexico, that's why. No, true. <laughs> treacherous roads. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out for the squirrel lady. So Whoopi Goldberg and her daughter, they are in the desert. They see like this tent set up and they go and find out what's going on. There's loads of food and water so they're sort of rehydrating. Why? You've got to go get $2 million. They're rehydrating after being in the desert. Okay. They then see a press conference <laughs> on the other sort of side of them. Is it Neil Breen? Close, <laughs> close. What it is, is there is a rocket car and they're about to try and break the land speed record. Oh, for f- So obviously, Whoopi Goldberg gets in that car. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's definitely allowed to do that. I bet, yeah, she just gets to New Mexico with no problems at all, the fastest, like nothing else happens. I bet you that's just what happens here. So they get in the car. Yes. 
and people are asking the who the fuck are you and you wire in this car guys no no one's even noticed that they're in it but people are asking like the science guys oh what's the top speed what's the current record for the land speed and stuff and she's like how do you start it so he tells them how to start it she pulls a green lever and they are off immediately <laughs> they break the land speed record Hold on. well done they then get out of the car and because they're so fucked up from, from being in a rocket car with like no oxygen and stuff they're walking and sort of a bit dazed and stuff and they come across a group of mentally handicapped people right oh. who are on a day trip oh no and they are then put on the bus with them Okay. Bet that now. um goes well. Uh, like I bet that's aged really well. Yeah, this yeah. Was, uh, I'm afraid about what's going to happen now. So we'll come back to them. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Can't wait. John Lovitz, meanwhile, he's told his family the truth. He said they were trying to go to New Mexico for a job interview for Ink Ink. <laughs> terrible. It's terrible. But he tells him that it was actually to try and win $2 million. I mean, surely that's a reasonable reason to go. Like, do yeah. you need to lie about that? That's a better reason to go for me. Yeah, yeah I'd is. be like, fucking let's do it. Let's go now. Yeah, we won't stop at the fucking Barbie Museum, Dad. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll shut out the window as well. It's fine. So they tell him that they just want a normal holiday. So he says, okay, fine. Walks off, gives them all a milkshake, except he has <laughs> laced the milkshake with sleeping tablets. <laughs> So they're all drugged. <laughs> he then puts them in a recovery truck and heads to Silver City. So he drugs his family and leaves them, like puts them in a truck? No, he drugs his family and gets the recovery truck to take them to Silver City. Oh, okay. I thought he'd left them. So he's with them. Okay. That would be weirder. Right, who knows with this film? <laughs> Imagine like putting your family on a recovery He's been like, like, can you take them home, please? Pick up truck and then just not, yeah, not getting in yourself. They've broken down. Just uh, take them. Just take them home. Some of them shit out of the window but don't worry about it so we're now back to the brothers green <laughs> and they're driving in the same car they had for a while they get distracted by the car next to them when the girl in the other car has lots of piercings and they're comparing them she ends up flashing her tits at them <laughs> and it distracts them so much they drive off the road and into a monster truck rally <laughs> is this what i was recommended Fuck to you off <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> this is fucking <laughs> They're then dodging monster trucks left and right, trying to avoid them. They manage to come to a screeching stop in a car park. And there's all these cars lined up. And I think we know where this is going. Mm, no, no, no idea. No idea. <laughs> That's correct. There is a truck about to jump and crush them all. Oh, yeah. So as the truck is in midair, they realise and they panic to get out of the car. They do get out of the car, and then they end up stealing the monster truck. And I, I don't really know how. I think the driver gets out of the monster truck, and he's like, there were two guys in there. And then you see them fucking off in a monster truck, then driving down a main road. It's not entirely quick, mm. the monster truck. No, they're slow as shit. No. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> it's not the best. We are now at the point where they are all very close to Silver City, which is where the train station that has the locker and the two million pounds is, two million dollars. There seems to be some slow traffic. The monster truck's not going very far. The recovery truck is going slowly. Brecken and Amy's truck is also going slowly. And that is because Cuba Gooding Jr. is in the middle of the road on a horse. <laughs> they then see the station. We don't know how he got the horse, do we? He just sees a horse on the side of the road and gets on it. Just as he would. Just fair. Yeah. As he would. Well, yeah. for $2 million, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, he was. I think he was about 15 miles away when he sees her. 15 miles on a horse, that's not going to be quick. No. Logistics brought to you by Andy. <laughs> <laughs> They're now running down the main road to trying to get to the station. They are all in shitty states. They're like limping and stuff and hobbling. But Sleepy Bean, <laughs> and I've missed a bit here, Sleepy Bean, after him and Wayne had, uh, <laughs> had decided that the heart was probably fucked they <laughs> talk about finding a drifter cutting out his heart oh wow and then Wayne Knight is looking what? at Sleepy Bean like yeah that's it I'm gonna cut you up so oh. he runs away jumps and lands on a high speed train <laughs> what I feel like it's hard to jump on a train let alone a high speed one I mean this train has got to be going like 70 miles an hour or something and he jumps in between carriages <laughs> Yeah, meanwhile, uh, so after he's jumped in it, Wayne Knight's like, oh, this is bollocks. I'm really annoyed. Puts his hand in the electric fence and then the heart starts beating. No, no. That's no. (laughs) This is the only problem she has, is this bit. (laughs) So everyone is now running towards the station, except for Sleepy Bean, who has just got off the train and he is there. He sees John Cleese's assistant Grisham who has been involved in all kinds of schemes up until this point. He runs to the locker, puts his key in, and then falls asleep before he can open it and get Why the money. Why is he so sleepy? Is he narcoleptic or he's just tired from being he on the He is train? narcoleptic. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, probably should have added that in earlier, right? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Just thought he was sleepy. Nah, he's narcoleptic. So he's fallen asleep with his key in the locker. Everyone else then storms in tries to get their key in the locker Seth Green eventually manages it whips the locker door open there's nothing in it and it is empty of course it is and Cleese's assistant and a hooker who made an appearance earlier in the film that was largely irrelevant at the time they take the money escape in the convertible and they talk about running away with the cash together however the cow that is still attached to the hot air balloon <laughs> then dangles into the car <laughs> and crushes it. Fuck off. This is fucking... The hardware guy, who has been holding onto the rope for probably half an hour, also lands in the car, sees the bag of money, ties it to the rope, and then cuts the rope that's still attached to the cow's hoof, thinking he's going to be able to hold onto it and fly away with the money. Except he forgets to hold on. So now there's just a bag of $2 million floating around. He forgets to hold on. Yep. So now all the contestants get on this bus like a red London bus it's amazing they all got there at the same time really isn't it it's quite impressive I mean it's impressive very so they're all on this bus they're following the balloon it's night by this point John Cleese is like shit we'll go and find them we'll track them and then we'll meet them there for the award ceremony the bus then smashes through this big curtain onto a stage and they are suddenly on stage with everyone's favourite 2000s band Smash Mouth Oh, <laughs> of course. They are. <laughs> Smash Mouth are like, oh, thanks so much. What are you going to do? And they're like, oh, we've got all this money and we're going to share it. And they're like, I can't believe it. You're doing such a good thing. And then they realise it's a benefit concert. Hang on. I thought the money was attached to a rope. Who's got the money now? Ah, so the rope ended up getting lodged in the stage so they could get to it from on the stage, which they do. <laughs> that was convenient, wasn't it? Yeah. 
in front of everyone. Yeah. Like this is a crowd who's totally silent and a band on stage who's not doing anything. It's pitch black and then the lights come on and everyone's like, oh, uh, thanks so much for being on stage with us and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they end up donating their $2 million to this charity. I was going to say, don't say Smash Mouth. Cleese isn't all that happy about it. So Brecken is like, ah, Mr. Donald Sinclair, he'll match whatever you pay. And then you just see the numbers go up to like 15 million. So he's going to match another 15 million or whatever. And then the credits roll as all star plays and they're all crowd serving. (laughs) And it is very 2000s. (laughs) Like the plot could have been done in maybe, I mean, it could have definitely been neatened up. Mm -hmm. It's not aged that well, but it's still quite funny in places. I recommend it. 10 out of 10. No. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just listening to that, I was just like, uh, what's coming next? Here we go. Something's going to happen that's out of the ordinary, but also kind of. <sighs> it's no hours barred. It's just constant. Yeah. Like every scene, there's something fucking bonkers. If it helps, it's made me think of a 2000s film that I'm going to put in the hat now. Oh, no. Because there's not enough of them. Is it Road Trip? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is it Road Trip? <laughs> no. The other one. Amy Smart, get off my telly. So, yeah, that is 2001's Rat Race. Wow, thank you very much, Andy, for that. You're welcome. Maybe I'll talk about the other film next week. Maybe you will. Six identical keys. They all over the same locker. That's locker 001. Inside the locker is a red duffel bag. Inside the red duffel bag is $2 million. In cash, 50s and 100s makes a pile about so big first one there keeps it all penny what you been up to (laughs) i didn't really have time to do anything sorry everyone but i did watch don't shake your head at me i did watch kingsman and i had a question wow james bond inspired kingsman that's my question how come kingsman was really good and james bond is shit how does that happen (sighs) Is that your like, what's question, that about? really? Because they're different films. Yeah, opinions. <laughs> I really, basically, I really enjoyed Kingsman. I was like, why can't James Bond movies be like this? They're totally different films, though. Yeah, they are. Very different. Why? They're both spy films. So, James Bond is grounded and set in reality. Kingsman is a comic book film. So, is not set in reality, if you know what I mean. Oh, so it's better than James Bond because it's a comic book movie. But you're preferencing it as being better than James Bond, is what I mean. In my opinion, it's better. Yeah, in your fine, in your opinion, it's better than James Bond, the one James Bond that you watched. (laughs) And that Pierce Brosnan one that I've seen, probably. Yeah, but that doesn't count because the Pierce Brosnan ones are not great. Yeah. But they're totally different. Like, they are, obviously, the Kingsman is more colourful and vibrant and. More comic relief. Yeah, there's it's funnier. The action is totally different. It's bigger, it's bolder. They also came out probably 10 years apart. <laughs> actually, that's probably not right, actually. I didn't mean that specific James Bond. I just meant James Bond in general. Like, I was surprised how much I liked Kingsman, seeing as how much I didn't like James Bond. Well, we learn something new about ourselves every day, is all I yeah. can say. Have you seen the second one? No, I heard it wasn't as good. Oh, there you go. It's not. It's not. I watched it last week and it's not great. I will say this for Kingsman. Colin Firth was incredible, mm. considering he's only known as being like that boring prick from Bridget Jones. Yeah. <laughs> to you. It's like the shit he does in this film. <laughs> I'm sure he would say he's known for other things, but yeah. 
Yeah. King's Speech. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Darcy. Boring roles. Are they doing a prequel to Kingsman? Yeah, it's called The King's Man. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not even a joke. Legitimately called it's The King's not. Man. The it King's is. Man. No. The King's Man. That's silly. I love it. Out next year. Not The King's Mun. Mun. With the Mun on the. <laughs> No, the King's Man. Oh. It's a prequel. It's set during one of the world wars, I think. Oh, okay. I so. do we know if it's going to be like how the Kingsman became a thing, or it's just old Kingsman from the days of yore? I think it's old Kingsman from the day. De- well, I don't. I honestly don't know. Hmm. I mean, the trailers I've seen look wank. Oh. So I watched the second one, but why was it not as good as the first one? It's just rinse and repeat. Oh, okay. And they like all James Bond films. They have the US version of Kingsman, the Statesman in it, okay. and they made a big deal about certain actors being involved in it, and then they're in it for a very short period of time. So it's kind of pointless. Oh. Isn't Chris Evans or someone in this? I haven't seen the second one. Someone like that is in the second one. Pedro Pascal is in it. Oh, and I. Jeff Bridges is in it. Halle Berry's in it. Oh, they really went all that. Channing Tatum's in it. Channing Tatum, that's it. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Um, but it's just not as good. So the first one, the ending of like the whole anal scene <laughs> is largely not needed. And in the second one, there is a similar scene. For people who haven't seen. <laughs> it's not a spoiler. Not a real spoiler. No. In the second one, there's a similar scene and it's like, that's pretty unnecessary. You've done that joke. Mm. You don't need to do it again. Well, if the first formula worked, why not do it again? That's probably what I guess they were. Yeah, but not the same jokes. Because in my opinion, all the James Bond movies are the same and are rinse and repeat in a way. But if you're going to do the same jokes all the time, then that seems a bit pointless. Yeah, it's not as good. I also watched Spectre last night, weirdly. So I watched another Bond film and that's not as good as I remember. That's a a really bad one to pick. (laughs) So hang on, so yeah. far they're all bad except two. Casino Royale. Casino Royale is good. Skyfall is good. And the rest are bad. Quantum of Solace is crap. Like G- yeah. like nothing happens in it at all. Awesome. Two hour films about nothing. So hang on a minute. How how come I'm not like I'm like, I don't like James Bond films, they're stupid. And you're like, no, they're not. Well actually, out of like the twenty, only two of them are any good. Uh, uh, uh. We only talked about Casino Royale. Which is fine. Casino Royale is it's a fine film. It's a good film. <laughs> yeah, if we talk about the other ones, sure, we're probably not going to like them, but Casino Royale's good. They're very dated. I've had so much stick this week for saying I don't like James Bond. Good. <laughs> but it sounds like if we're going with like statistics or percentages, that only, I don't know how many James Bond films there are, and I don't know any numbers, but it's it sounds like a small percentage of them are good which yeah is not that good diamonds in a rough it's interesting that you've had heat for not liking james bond but i've had none for my odd views on matilda (laughs) someone told me it was treason to not like james bond and then i told him i don't like tea and (laughs) it was even worse (laughs) yeah i saw that well there you go so yeah, watch Kick-Ass 2 if you want. Uh, watch Kingsman 2, but I think Kick-Ass <laughs> That's a different film. <laughs> Nick Cage's brilliant. Well, because they're both, they're both comic books and they're both directed by Matt Vaughan, so the style is the same between them both. I would say Kick-Ass is a better franchise, and even the second Kick-Ass is not as good as the first. No, it's It's not. again similar, rinse and repeat, but watch the second Kingsman okay. and then report back to us how you feel about it. Will do. And then watch Skyfall. No. Then watch Skyfall, because that's a good one. No. 
Yeah. Just watch it. And watch Quantum of Solace to. for the laugh. I don't want <laughs> Well, in fact, to. you should watch Quantum of Solace and then watch Skyfall because you'll be yeah. like, yeah, this is dire. And this one's fucking fantastic. Watch them in order and then watch No Time to Die when we can go back to cinemas. <laughs> I don't want to. Okay, fine then. Don't. Uh, I won't. Is that everything? Yep. Sorry. That's all I managed to watch. Sorry, love. You've got to save the world. If you save the world... We can do it in the asshole. I'll be right back. Right, so, guys, I have a confession to make. Here we go. Uh-oh. I'm a gamer. I'm a bit of a gamer. And like all gamers, and, and as I was quite inspired to do this by uh, Andy's Resident Evil franchise uh, oh God. movie watching that he did a couple of episodes ago. Super Mario Brothers. I think I just worked out what you watched. Have <laughs> <laughs> you? So I was thinking... You know what? Since I am a gamer and I could represent the gamers on the movie podcast. As if they're not represented enough. You and I talk about them most weeks. Yeah, I know. We talked about Assassin's Creed the other day, I think, on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I thought, why not see if I can find a movie, since a lot of them are terrible. And I know, like, there's a lot of them, new ones coming out, like Uncharted, as we talked about before, and obviously Monster Hunter came out and all that. Let's just see if we can go and investigate some of these films that probably some people may have not seen that may be hidden gems for the gamer folk. So, my first film in this journey was the 2009 film Gamer, starring <laughs> Jared Butler. <laughs> Can't say I've ever heard of it. Have you not? Well, you're in for absolute Well, treats. I'm a filthy casual. Oh, Michael C. Hall's in it. Yeah, so this is a film... Made by the same guys that made Crank. Oh. Going into this, I thought, you know what? It's probably going to be a lot, you know, it's going to be loose. It's going to be a bit crazy. It's going to have that kind of Crank feel of going mental. Andy shaking his head. Have you seen this film before I go into it? Yes, I have. have. <laughs> I have, yeah. Oh, joy. Let's relive it slowly <laughs> together because I've got a lot of, well, not a lot of notes, but there's a lot of notes on one particular thing but yeah yeah it was a 2009 <laughs> film and this came out in between Crank and I think the second Crank and stuff it didn't do very well obviously it's a Jared it's but got a good cast yeah Ludacris is in it there's uh, Logan Lerman I love him Logan Lerman's in it he would have been tiny he's Simon oh of course he is yeah. Terry Crews is in it Terry Crews is in it John Leguizamo um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, some, there's a lot of people in this who signed up to being gamer. So the thing about it is I really didn't know what it was about. I knew it wasn't like it didn't do well, but I didn't know what like the premise. Usually with these kind of films, it's like it's based off a franchise. Yeah. So with gamer, I was like, ah, oh, maybe it's got the Ready Player One trying to do that kind of Ready Player One thing. Maybe might be <laughs> not as good as Ready Player One, but either way, we'll go into that another time. But it ended up being something that uh, uh, the first time I watched, I fell asleep to. Uh, as I mean, I fall asleep. <laughs> so I had to watch this twice because I couldn't remember the start of it and I fell asleep in the first 20 minutes, I think. So the one thing I will say that's carried on into this film is it's very crank-like. It is shaky cam to the point where I felt motion sickness yeah. oh. like in the opening 10 minutes. <laughs> I was ill because it was so. They uh, remember when Penn talked about as well when she talked about Internet Ghost. 
stuff. Yep. And the internet connections seem to go bad when things go wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they play on this trope a little bit with the having the shaky cam, but also having glitches as well. So you would see like the camera glitch out or the people on screen glitch out for like a minute on top of the shaky cam, on top of the explosions, on top of Jared Butler's face in my fucking (laughs) view, all in one scene. And I didn't know what was going on in a lot of these scenes. There was a lot of shooting and bang, bang and a lot of crank kind of stuff, but it it was a lot to kind of take in. So I would say this is when Jared Butler was at his peak. (laughs) Okay, if you want. This was like a few years after 300, not long after Law Abiding Citizen. And I would also describe it as Death Race meets... Call of Duty. <laughs> it's like Death Race for a shoot 'em up, in it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think yeah. The action parts, maybe the other parts of it. I have. Uh, anyway, we'll get to it. So the main story. I won't go through every single detail. I'm just going to give you the highlights or the lowlights of this film, more or less. <laughs> we meet Cable, who is played by yours truly, Jared Butler, and he basically <laughs> is a man who is in so the way this works is the world is like 2037 or some bollocks or something jared butler is kind of on death row and the way this world works is if you're on death row you have a chance to live or escape death row by competing in shooty games uh real life shooty games by shooting other death row shooty inmates or if you win 30 games, you get free from your death. It doesn't matter what you've done. You just get free by winning the 30 games of Call of Duty. Um, Absolutely mental, <laughs> isn't it? But the way it works is that because it's 2037 or whatever, people outside of the of the prison, I guess, or where, where these guys are, are kids that play these games and they can control these convicts <gasps> using VR. Is it Human Robot Wars? Yes. yes kind of. Wow. <laughs> So Cable is controlled by this 17-year-old rich kid who has, like, the biggest VR widescreen TV, and he plays... I forgot the name of the actual, like, the game itself, but he plays as this character, and he's up to 28 victories, so he only needs two more, and then obviously Cable gets released. Now, the kid controls cable he controls his movements he controls what he sees what he shoots cable doesn't have any control over his actions it's all been done by kid. sergeant bash <laughs> sorry jesus christ that's a deep cut for anyone <laughs> so this kid is like popular and so is cable because they're like the only people that have gone on the streak to win 28 games the kid is rich cable is not really rich he's just like alive he's glad to be alive but you can't do anything because he's been controlled by a robot. What and does the kid get out of it? Just money props? and fame and oh, okay. boobs. He gets money at the end if he wins. Yeah, I think so. Like they give him a check and some boobs. Uh, yeah, that, that okay. seems. There's a lot of missing plot holes in this good thing. I'm not really going to go into a lot, but yeah, nope. there's a lot, a lot, a lot of plot holes. But the thing you need to remember is Cable is not being controlled by himself. He's being controlled by the 17-year-old kid. Now, Cable has a missing wife. Well, his wife's not missing, but she's on the other side because he's gone into this prison. And they have a kid. And he's been in prison for so long that he hasn't really seen the kid grow up or anything. So he's trying to leave so that he can see his wife and kid. 
first problem with this film red flag one here comes my red flags <laughs> oh no so because he's gone to prison for as we learn later on murder mm-hmm. but we'll find out why cable's wife thinks the only way to really get money now now that her husband is gone is to kind of set herself up in this other vr experience called reality and it's uh, sorry society not reality society or something one of those fucking ones i don't remember it's this is one of these films where i'm just like i don't care (laughs) something but this is another game that people can do the same thing you you log in in your home into someone's body and then you can control that person and you can see what they see but they're real people that you can control she thinks the only way to get money now is to give up her body so that someone can control her body and she can make money. And that's the only way she can make a living, apparently. Not get a job anywhere else. But mm. It's VR only fans. It is pretty much. Oh, is it? Is he like fighty and she's sexy? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. Uh, yep. It, nope. it gets bad, but I'm just going to go through it. But yeah, she thinks that's the only way. Now, the connection here is, is that the VR game that she's in is by the same developer <laughs> that <laughs> Mr. Cable is in. So he first created the VR reality game, and then he made the shooty shooty bang bang game okay. as his next project, which are <laughs> two different kind together. of bang bang games. Two different kind of Whey. bang bang games. Very good. So one of the most disturbing scenes in this whole entire thing, which I don't know really what it says about the people who wrote about this, because remember, the film is called Gamer. Your target audience is probably going to be people who play games, maybe? I would say. Mm -hmm. I would hazard a guess, right? Hmm. So the way they represent the people who play these games... So in one instance, she, like, gives up herself to, like, basically get paid so that her body can be used in this game. And the person that plays as her is this big, fat, sweaty guy who's, like, (laughs) half naked in his... Like, he's fucking huge, and he's sweating, and he's in, like, a really damp and murky kind of room. Is it like when in South Park, when they all got... Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly like that. Relatable, I would say. It's relatable. (laughs) He's dipping his, like, waffles into maple syrup and just (laughs) chugging it down in one go. And he's just like, "Mm." like, it's fucking disgusting. (laughs) Like, I'm thinking... I'll be honest, that makes me slightly aroused. (laughs) Dipping waffles into maple syrup? Oh, that's a dream. It's funny you should say that, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that in a minute. But my problem with that is, like, so this is your representation of, like, a gamer, right? You're done the stereotypical, he's fat, he's alone, he eats a lot, he sweats a lot. He's probably on Reddit 25 times a day. Like, (laughs) this is your target audience. Yeah, And you're fucking representing them as this. (laughs) Probably won't be appreciated by your audience. But in fairness, the people who are like that would not be seeing it as, oh, look how grim they are. They'll be looking at, at it as, we get to control these women and fuck. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, it is silly. It is stereotypical, let's put Mm -hmm. it that way. Mm -hmm. But it's also somewhat grounded in reality, maybe. Because if you had the chance to do that, there's probably going to be guys like, yeah, I want to play as a woman. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Anyway, this big, fat, sweaty guy has no name. I don't really know. (laughs) 
So he plays as Cable's wife every so often in this game. And he likes to get fucked. As in, she gets fucked by a lot of uh, guys. And the way they show this is by having the fat dude, whatever he says, is kind of shown, she says, basically. So he would Mm -hmm. say something like, oh, you're so hot. And then she would say, oh, you're so hot to the character, I guess. Yeah. And then they do this thing where there's a man and then there's her. And what an actual fact is happening is there's two guys, two sweaty guys, (laughs) talking to each other going... You're so hot. Yeah, baby, take it. Yeah, like, it's just just weird, isn't it? It's grim. It's fucking, like, the fat dude gets off to, he literally gets off. Like, he's he does his cum face and everything getting off to, uh, (laughs) sorry, this is going to be very explicit because it's a very, it's a crank film, more or less, but yeah. He does his cum face a lot, I'm just going to say. Anyway. Let me talk about Terry <laughs> Crews for a bit. Terry Crews in this film. Oh, Terry. He is angry, Terry Crews. Oh. Yeah, very surprised. He's actually the villain. He's like one of the villains in this. Not Terry. I know. I couldn't really get into him being a villain because it was just like, ah, it's just Terry from bloody Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> Love Terry. So he, <laughs> this plot, okay. This, again, there's going to be a lot of plot holes, but he is one of the convicts that is in this group that Cable is in. He doesn't want Cable to get to 30 games, so he gets released. So he's going to make his life a living hell while he's still there, aka try to kill him before he makes his 30 games. Why? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) He just sort of felt like that. Does Terry play? Is he in the Pew Pew games? He is in the Pew Pew (laughs) games. However, the twist is, he sings a song one day. To, I'm not kidding. This is all happens in the film. He sings a song to Cable one day. You know the Pinocchio song, No Strings on Me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got no strings to hold strings me down. Strings to hold me down. Mm-hmm. And he basically says to him, no one's controlling me. I'm in here with my own actions. I've got faster like reactions than you. Not some fucking kid that's controlling you. So it raises a lot of questions to why Terry's after Cable and also why is he not controlled by a kid or someone else outside of this prison? Very strange. And I'm assuming he hasn't, he's not got 30 games, has he? Because he's still there. So surely like, yeah, all right, but my kid's doing better than you on your own. What's even weirder, Penny, is that he turned himself in. One day he just turned himself in. That's how he got there. Yeah. Strange. Really weird. Is it not explained why he's in the games? I thought it was. Yes, I will when I get to the end, the horrible <laughs> ending. <laughs> so there's this okay, Penny, as a as a filthy casual, a, you a can casual say casual gamer. Filthy fucking casual, I would <laughs> say. You've said it before, so you might as well carry on. <laughs> there are some references they make to games in this that I kind of laughed at because the way they explained it was very, I don't know, really just... Uh, eh. Anyway, do you know what ping is? No. Okay, so ping is the time it takes for someone to press a button on the keyboard, say at your computer, to reach like a server. Okay. So that's just like milliseconds, like like 80 milliseconds, whatever. So that's ping. Okay. Now ping is very important in video games when you're playing online because you want to have like a fast good ping. ping, a fast ping, so yeah. that your reactions are on screen quick, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> they make this whole argument about the fact that Cable is going to die because Terry Crews has no ping because no one's controlling him. 
but cable's being controlled by a 17-year-old who's obviously going to have ping because internet connections in 2037 are not advanced enough to have less <laughs> ping. I don't know. Like, I mean, it makes fucking, it uh, makes sense in a... Does it? Well, it makes sense that he hasn't got a ping and Cable has got a ping. But what if Terry Crews' reactions are slower than Cable's ping? Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. How do you not know that? It just sounds um, adorable because it's a ping. It- <laughs> <laughs> My ping's better than your ping. I should bring into this, uh, yeah, Michael C. Hall, aka uh, Dexter. Dexter. He is the owner of the game. He is the creator of both the society game reality world society game and this one the shoot shoot bang bang game so he is the developer of both these games he's mega rich he lives in a really weird building and yeah it's him he's fucking weird in this film he's got a weird accent Mm -hmm. he acts Ah. weird he's kind of like a Nicolas cage ripoff in this film yeah it's really weird he has a weird dance number doesn't he (laughs) he does yeah towards the end as well yes it turns out that he doesn't want Cable to reach 30 wins. And he's the one behind the whole Terry Crews being there because he wants Terry Crews to go in there, kill him first. And yeah, just beat Cable. This seems weird that nobody wants him to get to 30 games. Nobody had to make this rule <laughs> that you could play 30 games and get out. Like it's, You could just stay on death row. There's a reason, and I'll just say it now because I, I keep looping yeah. back on myself, but yeah, the reason why Cable is in there is the reason why everyone is in there. They have a chip in their head that makes them be controlled by someone else. Yeah. Cable doesn't remember this, but he does at the end of the film was one of the first two people to use this chip okay. and the way they tested it was getting him to kill his friend by command. Oh, so from, he didn't even really kill anyone. Like it wasn't his fault. Yeah, from Michael C. Hall. Yeah. Oh. So Michael C. Hall was controlling him when they were testing it and he doesn't remember this because he was kind of brainwashed and stuff and he just, yeah, that's... And for some reason, the kid that um, Cable had and his wife, he adopted the kid when a cable went into the prison oh. just took it off the two of them for some reason i don't know why he took the kid really i guess he wanted leverage in case he got out maybe probably I, yeah. I, probably I have a it. question sorry yeah. are they controlling them with console controllers like little no it's literally <sighs> like connect if you just move your hands and your face around it's just rubbish i really wanted like logan lemon to be sitting there with like an xbox controller like <laughs> no it's like minority report yeah okay in fact it's it's exactly like ready player one yeah it is pretty oh, okay. much like ready player one yeah so <laughs> there's a bunch of bullshit but <laughs> the 17 there is so much bullshit in this film it's unreal the 17 year old kid makes contact with cable for the first time he's never been allowed to talk to him because obviously he's just you're not allowed to talk yeah. to your convict mm-hmm. player characters <laughs> He downloads a mod, <laughs> Gamer Talk, to allow I know him what to do is. this. Well done, there we go. He downloads a mod to allow him to do this. It's obviously against the rules because you're not allowed to speak to the convicts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he speaks to Cable and they devise a plan for him to get out before the 30 wins because they're convinced oh. because of Terry's high, I mean, low ping rate in terms of <laughs> he's a human, he's going to kill Cable before it's too late. So we need to get him out of there as soon as possible. So, this is the plan, and bear with me, it sounds fucking silly, but it is made by the Crank guys, this is just the way it is. In order to beat Terry Crews, he has to give over control, the 17-year-old, to Cable, so Cable can use his own body again. Mm -hmm. And he does do this, and his plan 
is before the next game, the 29th game or whatever, he grabs some alcohol and he drinks like it's like a bottle of tequila or vodka. He drinks. That's known for like heightening your reaction time. Alcohol, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't slow you down or anything like that. I thought I was like, what? Where are they going with this? So he gets drunk, essentially. <laughs> going into a death match, he gets completely fucking wasted. He's rolling all over the floor. <laughs> Jared Butler is like fucking a mess. Like, I'm like, where are they going with this? He's drunk. How is he gonna get out of here drunk? It's a bosey move, isn't it? Yeah, I was thinking this is this is weird. Big dick energy. It turns out this was his plan all along, was to get drunk. He finds a car. In the prison? In the prison. There's a car there with no petrol that he found earlier on in the film, but it has no petrol, so they can't escape or barge out of it. He vomits into the uh, gas tank and also pisses into it so that the alcohol that he's injected himself, that he's hidden away from everyone else, can give the car petrol. I mean, that is bullshit. <laughs> That is bullshit. That's not a real thing, as far as I'm aware. That's what happened. That's one. If you could drive a car on alcohol, yeah, like you can't. You could. So, but well, like I mean, you can't he on wouldn't. Alcohol, no, no. But you also wouldn't be able to piss and puke enough of it to <laughs> do anything anyway. You'd have been better off pouring the alcohol straight into the petrol tank. Yeah, if the theory is that you could light it so it's combustible, like petrol is. Diluting it with piss and vomit and probably <laughs> chunks of carrot. It's just not going to do anything, is it? It's not the way to go. He's made more work for himself there. Yeah. <laughs> the car starts up. I'm amazed he wasn't killed because there was people next to him were getting shot in the fucking head and he's rolling on the ground because he's drunk. <laughs> I'm like, how is he alive? This makes no sense. He's doing a barrel roll. He's doing his own stunts. Not with that ping, right? But yeah, he um he starts the car up, of course. <laughs> he starts the car up and gets away, drives through the stone barriers, and it's reported on the news that... Um, oh, by the way, this is all like... It's live streamed, Broadcasted yeah. to the world. Ca- yeah. yeah, it's like Cable is a big celebrity and so is the kid, blah, blah, blah. He escapes and he's classed as fragged, which is another gamer term for it, like KIA dead basically oh. but he, he just escapes so they just make a story that he's he's died or ip they set a big funeral for him on live streams and stuff and all this kind of stuff it's, <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous <laughs> this is a prisoner who killed someone yeah he's a murderer exactly. yes and he's being treated like a fucking celebrity <laughs> it's weird how 2037 works by the way we haven't got the best ping rate in 2037 even though broadband's probably advanced to extreme lengths ping is still a problem anyway i'm going to okay this bit is disturbing and i'm sorry but this is just weird we're getting towards the end so he escapes and he's going to find his wife he finds out his wife is in the other vr game where she's kind of used as a technically like prostitute pretty much by fat sweaty guy sex puppet puppet. at one point (laughs) sorry she is going into like this very (laughs) she's going into this very cyberpunky club being controlled by fat sweaty guy and he's like choosing her outfit and stuff and it's obviously very skimpy outfit her art is showing there's lots of boobs in this there's so much boobs in this there's where like it's crank like guys it's so much boobs in this yeah. fucking game. she goes into a bar orders a drink and there's another person being controlled by someone else who again is another fat guy <laughs> <laughs> by another guy and his username 
is I'm his username is I'm Rick Rape. Oh. And he is a character that likes to like a dog that's really horny will like jump on someone's leg and just start moving. And then he goes up to her and says, I'm Rick Rape. I'm go- can we we're gonna go to the back and stuff and she's and he i mean i guess it's yeah. the fat guy going yeah sure like he gets off to this he mm. loves this kind of this is stuff he gets off to so yeah that happens <laughs> and before anything kind of happens cable storms in saves his wife looks at his wife realizes after a time it's not her it's the fat guy behind <laughs> so he's talking to her through but, well talking yeah. to him through her yeah. saying what have you done with my wife <laughs> shaking her and i'm like where is this going he'd be like what haven't i done with your wife Sorry, wink emoji yeah it's just so it's just too cringe and weird and stuff and i'm just like yeah eventually he gets the chip out of his wife and stuff and then she's able to come back to normal but she's like my daughter's gone the guy who made the video game that you're in and i'm in has her (laughs) to go find him (laughs) His name is Castle, by the way. Michael C. Hall's name is Castle in this. Great name. The horrible end... I'll just explain the end. The horrible ending is um, they go to Castle's house. Ironically, not a castle? It looks no. like a castle. It's pretty fucking okay. big. It is pretty big, though. It's a big mansion. And um, he ends up doing a dance. <laughs> Michael C. Hall. I'm imagining it like... What was that video with... Um... Oh, my God. Mm, my brain's oh, gone blank. Brainstorm man, Christopher Walken. Like yeah. that Christopher oh, Walken. Weapon of choice. Yeah. Weapon of choice. <laughs> I'm just imagining it like that. I would say it's more like, and I haven't seen this for a decade, it's more like the thriller video, I would say. The thriller dance. <laughs> I was going to say Clockwork Orange. Oh, God. All right, let's combine all three of those. <laughs> Picture <sounds> that. <laughs> is, is that. And Dexter's it's doing it. It's a bit it. weird. Yeah. He's like, he sees Cable for the first time and he goes into his dance and he's he's singing and dancing along to I've Got You Under My Skin. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And he has his Batman and Robin 1960s goons fight him. And obviously, <laughs> because it's the kind of film it is, he beats them all up because they're shit. It felt like it. Like they were dancing along as well, I think, as well. It was fucking weird. It makes That's no sense. Such whatsoever. a great reference, though. <laughs> I mean, pow, kaboom. Like, kind of shit, but yeah. I'm back in. Eventually, Michael C. Hall explains that, yeah, you were one of the test subjects. I need someone to test on. I took your kid in case you ever, like, figured out what was going on and took her as leverage and stuff. But the thing is, I control you and stuff. I can control everyone that's connected on the chip. So basically, Cable can't kill Michael C. Hall, aka Castle, because Michael C. Hall can control everyone who's on this chip. So there's no way in hell that <laughs> Cable can beat Michael C. Hall. Did you say he didn't he get the chip out of Cable's wife? Out of his wife, not him. Okay, but they could get the chip out of Cable then. Yeah, but he can't get it out of himself, can he? Again, plot holes. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of plot holes that don't make sense. It just, there's a lot of things that just don't make sense. There's a final face-off with Terry Crews, who (laughs) dies instantly. It's like so (laughs) fucking bad, like how they wrote Terry Crews. He's like this angry guy. He's like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to, he fucking fails on every single occasion that they meet. Like, every single time he never wins a fight, it's it's fucking ridiculous. And then Michael C. Hall is going to fight Cable, but he's like, I have the advantage because I can control you. 
at one point he tries to get Cable to kill his own kid by putting a knife up to his like daughter and like mm. saying stab her. I was gonna say if he can control him, he can just control him to stay still and stab him. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't seem like there would be much of a fight. Well, that's what I thought. And then halfway through the fight, the seventeen-year-old kid who used to control Cable yep. finds another hack. By the way, I forgot to mention Ludacris is part of this as well. Ludacris <laughs> is part of an underground network that's trying to take down Cable. Sorry, trying to take down Castle. Oh, man, there's so many names. So he helps out the kids <laughs> to take down Castle so that they can kill Castle via Cable. So basically, they get rid of the chip mid-fight while Cable is fighting Okay, Castle, they like hack his he, chip so then he can... Yeah. And then he can stab him and he stabs him and he dies and this this is the bit that's really weird right <laughs> not all like, <laughs> out of everything this is the bit that's really weird to me so castle has a bunch of minions as i said the 1960s batman minions that he has yeah they all wear like turtlenecks and stuff like they're sat by watching this fight happen they're all like just on their phones and stuff he dies castle and they go whoops <laughs> and then as as Cable's about to leave with his wife and child and happy ending and stuff, he goes to the guys that are the minions and he's like, can you just remove this from everyone? Enough blood has been spilt. And they're just like, yeah, sure. <laughs> they press a button and that's it. And then no one's controlled by this thing that's been built up for like 30 years. They just years. turn it off. They just turn off. That's it. That's it. They turned off. Yeah, that and is. That's the, and that's the ending. Credits roll and that's yeah, it. Yeah, no. Because that's a bullshit ending. He could, he could leave. <laughs> For like, you'd leave that like 48 hours and you'd just turn it back on again, wouldn't you? Yeah. Fuck that guy. Awful. It's awful. <laughs> when the credits roll. Yeah. Does it say game over beforehand? Yes, it, ah. it does say game over. Of course over. it fucking does. Of course it does. I don't know whether to be mad at the film itself or the lack of gamer references, but the ones that they did use were kind of insulting a little. This <laughs> is like... This isn't really showing me anything. I haven't learned anything from this film. What the fuck was it? Like, what was I meant to learn from this? That fucking, I don't know, internet ping is going to be bad in the future? I don't know. <laughs> do you know Second Life? I do know Second I used to be part of Second Life. Oh, I never played it. I saw, that was it Jimmy Carr was the first comedian to do a set on Second Life or something. But when you were talking about ugh, her and Fat Sweaty Man, I imagine that's a bit yeah. what Second Life ended up being. It's exactly like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty much what Second Life, the dark side of Second Life, once you got to the, yeah, once you pretended when you were a kid that, yeah, I'm over 18, and you went over to the dark side of yeah. Second Life, then there was some fucking weird shit you saw over there. Everyone banging everyone. Yeah. There's a great documentary about, I think, called Another Second Life or something. Go watch it. It's some weird shit. <laughs> but yeah, that was Gamer. And I don't really, I haven't learned anything as a gamer. I haven't read. All I've learned is that I'm, I'm apparently a fat, sweaty guy. I did. I learned about ping. That's good. You did learn about yeah. ping. Yeah. Well okay. done. Maybe. Congratulations. <laughs> Your next Call of Duty session, you'll be just that little bit more knowledgeable about network settings you'd be yeah asking about everyone's ping rate yeah how's your pings <laughs> while i'm getting shot that's a pew pew game right call of duty <laughs> <laughs> yeah by 12 year olds normally <laughs> abusive 12 year olds i don't recommend this film but it's kind of um <laughs> it's kind of disappointing because even though it is very crank like it is just too like cranks ridiculous we all know cranks ridiculous but this is like silly like too silly that it's like all those kind of mm. over the top moments which are fun and there's like very like very violent like 
Crank was, but it's just written like a silly, stupid story, and it just doesn't fucking pay off in the end. So, yeah. I mean, we've said it before. Crank is like that because that's how it was written. Like that's the artistic style. This yeah. is yeah, if it's supposed to be like that on purpose. Yeah, yeah this is yeah. this is less so. What's the rating it's, for this? Well, on Rotten Tomatoes. No, no, no. As in, what's the ping rating? PG, U, twelve, oh. fifteen, eighteen. It's rated R, <laughs> so eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah. There's a lot of blood. There's, there's so I saw. There's so much tits in this. Like there is, there's even because I like final thing. Sorry, I keep going on, but like final thing. Remember when Penny or someone made a reference to the girls in Crank that were sitting in like glass bowls? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone made a reference to that. There's girls in glass bowls in the fucking bar, <laughs> and it's the same chair. <laughs> Do you think they just recycled the set? It's the same universe. It's weird. It does feel like the same universe. Like, they're wearing the same clothes. It kind of feels like that same... It's the same style of camera shots as well. Like, the whole thing is... It's not 16 by 9. I don't think Crank was 16 by 9, like, widescreen. It was um, for... I can't remember the fucking resolution, but you know what I mean? It's not the standard 16 by 9 widescreen, but it's filmed the same way... It's got a lot of, like, little things that are linked to Crank, I would say, but it's just horribly written. Man. I so, yeah. can't wait for Gamer 2 to be made and Chev Chelios just to turn up as, like, the boss <laughs> battle. <laughs> I'd watch that, maybe, and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into the whole human-robot wars angle. I mean, you might like it, but it's just, it's kind of... I probably It's won't. slightly offensive, this film. <laughs> I gotta be honest. It's kind of slightly yeah. offensive. A little bit. I don't want to be that guy who's like, oh, you can't have women doing that and stuff. Like, I guess it, but it's still a bit too much. Like, I was watching it going, this is too much. It's on the nose, isn't it? Yeah. It sounds offensive and on the nose, but like we just said with Second Life, I feel like that is exactly what would happen. It's true. Yeah, that's the part of it that I'm like, you know what? It would kind of happen. But we don't need that for wider entertainment purposes. (laughs) No. If that's what you're going to do in your basement, then... I mean... Keep it in your basement? Yep. Keep it in your trousers. Anyway, that's uh, that's gamer. I'll stick with uh, dogs five. Thanks. Dogs five. I wasn't sure where you were going with that. Yeah, my silly <laughs> computer game that you don't understand, Dan. Oh fuck! Like that's again. It's not a computer. It's a Trojan virus. It's not. A <laughs> <laughs> I think I can handle my own business. You're not hearing me. This is not something you can control. They gonna kill his ass, Simon. I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. I just play games, man. That's right. It is a game. You wanna win it, don't you? Yeah. Then you need to cut your strings, puppet master. No ping. You feel me? I do. I do feel you, my giant brother. Well then, let's rock, baby. Reminder, Phil Malahat next week is uh, Funny Games, Woo! the English version, right? English version of Funny English Games. version, yeah. You could watch the foreign version. They're shot for shot, as Andy and I were discussing yeah. earlier. But we're watching, watching We're watching the English one. We are, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's next week. So we're doing Phil Malahat. And Penny, what's the socials? You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Unusual Suspects Pod and on Twitter at Unusual Podspect. I'm at Penny underscore Photo Pit. At Dan talks a lot. At uh, choices twenty one. Uh, we'll be next. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that glug of coffee really helped, didn't it? I didn't know what I was going to say. Oh. I'm still getting over that fucking film. I was just like, I'm so amazed by it, but I'm just like, yeah. Sorry, we'll be back next week. We can get more words together and uh, blame the ping. 
Blaming the ping. In fact, to be honest, I'm having actual internet problems right now. Sorry to break the sausage at the moment. Break but we've been sausage. having internet problems. That's what I call it. Just snapping the sausage. Snapping the sausage, having a look inside and having a little poke around. Having a rummage. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we're having actual ping problems. So, you know, it kind of hit reality a little bit. So there you go. Anyway, hopefully not next time. Uh, we'll be back next time for more fun and sausages. <laughs> I'm Dan. See you later. Bye. Goodbye, everyone.